as we count down the hours to Christmas Day, we have a packed AFC Dons cast for you this week. We've got post-match reaction from the Hibs match on Wednesday night with Stephen Glass and Lewis Ferguson. And we also hear from the manager on the spirit within the Dons dressing room. Andy Considine on his road to recovery and Captain Scott Brown on scoring his goal at Ibrox. Plus, we find out more about the work of the AFC Community Trust and growing the next generation of supporters. And has the season been derailed by the latest COVID rules? We've got the latest from the SPFL and Scottish Government. All this plus some signing news, an update on the new stadium and the rest of the week's Dons of Supporters News on the AFC Donscast on Christmas Eve. And welcome to the AFC Don's Cast. It's Graham here just before the big day tomorrow. Sean Maloney was the new manager in charge for our opponents, reeling from their league cap loss at the weekend, but a fairly decent first half made way for a turgid second half on Wednesday night. And it was evident from the game that both sides are far from where they want to be. We had the bulk of the chances in the first half and Lewis Ferguson and Marley Watkins both forced saves from Matt Macy. The best chance of the first half fell to Hibbs though. Martin Boyle took too long to get a shot away and Declan Gallagher was able to get in and block with Kevin Nisbet heading the looping loose ball over the bar. Hibbs broke the deadlock in the 64th minute when Porteous rose higher than Gallagher and nodded home a corner kick. That gave the game the lift it badly needed. Campbell and Calvin Ramsey had half chances for us before a Watkins header tested Macy at the back post. It wasn't a classic and we had plenty of the ball but struggled to make it count and yet another defensive lapse saw us drop to seventh in the league. Stephen, really disappointing, obviously. Yeah, obviously the result's disappointing. Uh, I think for me as well, the performance that, that brings the result, we looked... Pretty, not lifeless and energyless almost as well and there's no reason for it because we had the free week where they've had a lot of big games and a lot of energy taken out of them but it didn't look like that I thought the first half promised a lot there was qu- quite a lot of football that was easy in the eye it maybe didn't add up to enough yeah I don't think we really threatened to be fair uh, I think they had they had plenty of the ball didn't really threaten us too much and I don't think we were doing enough to stop them playing in the first half and we didn't look like a threat either ourselves I think second half we're a little bit better to start but Again, we drifted out of the game and didn't really make the goalkeeper do enough. That lack of energy must be really hard to explain. It is. Uh, almost asking the boys a glaring omission for me is, is do they need Scott to push them on and, and kick them and poke them and make them do it? And I think professionally they need to be better at it. You'll not be happy about the goal? No. Uh, obviously set piece is never good. I think the first one that comes in, Declan gets fouled, but that leads to the second corner kick. But... You lose a goal from a set piece, it's disappointing. Uh, Decky loses his man and right in the middle of the goal, Porch is going to hit it in the net. Marley Watkins had a good chance, second half to equalise, but I guess you'd, you'll be looking at that thinking that not enough was created. Yeah, I think that's the one big chance we had. I think Marley's probably got a goal other sideways header and, and there's a goal there. Uh, punch it back across the goalkeeper where it's came from, but 
in the main, we, we didn't make enough chances. Uh, we, we had plenty of opportunities to make chances, but we didn't do it. Uh, we're looking for your creative players to do a little bit more for you. Uh, and this is the games you get judged in as well. This is the games that you have to produce when it's tight. There's a set piece, maybe either end going to win it or a bit of quality. And they, they did it with a set piece and we didn't do enough to win it. We look forward to Boxing Day now, home game against Dundee and looking to go into the winter break with a bang. Yeah, it's important that we do. Uh, I think we've we've always got an opportunity. We know Hibs are playing Dundee United, so one, something's got to give there at some point. Uh, so it's important that we get three points and push ourselves up the league. Uh, we want to go into the break on a finish. And obviously there'll be a lot of people watching at home, which is unfortunate. Uh, you've seen what an atmosphere does for a game here tonight. So the fans travelled in huge numbers, which is brilliant for a Wednesday night. And we're just disappointed the performance we put on for them. Stephen, thanks very much. Cheers, Rob. Thank you. Lewis, how painful was that to play in? Yeah, it was tough to take. Um, first half, thought we were okay. Um, some good passages of play. Had a few shots at goal. Hibs probably passed it a wee bit better than us at times, but we were under no pressure at all. Um, and then second half, again, we were okay. I don't think we deserve to win the game. I don't think Hibs deserve to win the game, but we've just got a habit of losing those types of games um, and losing it in a set piece is disappointing. A really disappointing goal to lose, eh? Yeah, like it, it, it's just we work on set pieces, we work in defending set pieces, and it's just it shouldn't happen. Um, but you know we can't lose a game in a, a set piece, especially when games are as, as tight as this, and it's it's fine margins. We've got to if we're if we're not going to win the game, um, don't lose it, and, and certainly don't lose it in a set piece. That makes it a wee bit more disappointing. I thought the first half was okay, but you didn't seem to kick on from there. Yeah, as I said, like we, we were decent. We moved the ball well at times. We got a few shots at goal. And then I think at half time we should we should then go and kick on and and really put Hibs under pressure. Um, and we never really done that. Second half we were okay, moved it well, but we never threatened them anywhere near enough. Um, I think the past few games our forward players have, have been getting in really good areas and and hurting teams. But tonight um, we we're just a wee bit off it. Um, I don't know why, but it shouldn't happen. Um, but we need to dust ourselves down and, and look forward to Sunday. Yeah, because you, you'd set the bar at a pretty decent level, hadn't you, in the last few games? Yeah, and that that's what we, we aim to do every game. We need to set the bar uh, high, keep the standards. Um, and tonight we just didn't do that, and I think that's probably the story of the season. We do well in some games, and then it drops, and it shouldn't drop. Um, that's not the way it happens at Aberdeen. You've got to be really consistent, and, and performance levels have got to be high. So... We need to maintain that. Um, we need to take pride in, in maintaining that standard. Um, but it's just been the story of season where we, we get ourselves in good positions, winning games, and then we come away tonight and, and lose it. We have set piece, it's just so disappointing. As you say, there is a, an early chance to put it right um, on Boxing Day, and, it, and it's the last game before the winter break. Yeah, obviously we spoke about that after the game. We've, we've got one more game before the break and it's a must win for us. Um, we need to go and get three points. We need to be much better than we were tonight. Um, but hopefully you know, we can we can rest and recover and, and get back to work and, and hopefully get three points. Disappointing it's not going to be a big crowd? Yeah, it always is. It's tough times at the minute. Um, don't really know what's going on, to be honest. Um, it's all a wee bit too much, but... You know, we just we just need to deal with deal with everything that, that comes our way, and we we just need to focus on staying safe, um, keeping ourselves healthy, and, and, and playing football. Happy Christmas, and let's hope for a good Boxing Day. Cheers, thanks, guys.
Catch live audio and video of our next match only on Red TV. Subscribe now for full match day coverage, replays, highlights and all the goals, exclusive interviews and behind the scenes content. Sign up now at redtv.afc.co.uk. The best of the action only on Red TV. Ahead of the Christmas fixtures coming up, Stephen Glass spoke to Rob McLean on the spirit in the Dawn's dressing room. The atmosphere's been great the whole time, uh, but there's no doubt that wins make them feel better. There's a different, I think there's a different assurance about the performances recently. Uh, the, the spirit, anybody that walks in the training ground feels the spirit straight away, uh, and I have never seen a group of players with a spirit like it, even when I was playing myself which is unfortunate because I would have liked to be part of that. But yeah. it's, uh, they deserve everything they're getting just now. And I think a group without that sort of spirit about them, we could have struggled uh, and we could have been where people were thinking we might have been lower in the table. But spirit gets you a long way, but so does ability. And the boys in there have got a mix of, the, a mix of both. And I'm delighted for them for it. Are you happy with the pressure to finish third because that's what the fans have become used to? Yeah. Uh, I think it's the last three or four seasons we finished fourth, but the team wants to be third at a minimum, I think, and it's, there's an ambition here to push as high as we can. Uh, Hearts are showing this year that if, if they could have nicked an extra couple of wins, they could be really threatening the top two there. So uh, there's an ambition here to do really well. This year, it looks like third is as good as we're going to get this year, to be honest. Uh, but the aim is to build a group of players that's capable of doing better year on year. Uh, and I think for any manager at this club, that is always going to be the aim. Uh, and there's a pressure goes with it. You know what it is when you come in the door, though. Uh, and I think anybody who doesn't accept it shouldn't come in. You can watch or listen to the interview with the manager in full on Red TV. Can you see the sky cascading? The colours are infinite. Some are born to adventure and others are not. This might just be the best Christmas ever. Escape to new worlds this Christmas on BBC One and iPlayer. Earlier this week, Rob McLean caught up with Scott Brown and discussed his goal at Ibrox. Couple of goals for you so far. One you didn't know too much about, I don't think. One, one I knew nothing about, and one that you knew plenty about. And, I knew a lot you, about, and you milked it to the to the maximum. That was that was a, that was a, a Bruni diving header was something special at Ibrox, wasn't it? To be fair, we, we've worked on set plays, as I say, the, the morning of, and uh, we work extremely hard on them. How to block people to get in different positions and stuff like that and everyone I think they all expected me to go and block and sometimes you just got to go and it, it, it was my gut that time and I felt like I could get the better of the opponent I had against me and I went early and to be fair it was a great delivery from Dylan as well he couldn't have put it any better straight in my head and to be fair there's no better place scoring a goal for uh, myself that's for sure Love the celebration A great celebration was it? <laughs> was that choreographed? Was it planned or just spontaneity? Spur of the moment <laughs> it went well. Yeah. Getting good at them, eh? <laughs> Maybe it's sore on the knees, like, but we'll, we'll deal with that. And guess what? You can watch the full interview with Scott and Rob on Red TV. Thought he's told me everything. Keep your big gob shut. So you're going to tell Chelsea on her wedding day that her husband-to-be killed Chantel? I have to do something to stop this wedding. If Chelsea marries Bray, her whole life is in danger. EastEnders, Christmas Day at 9.35 on BBC One and iPlayer.
Okay, let's look back at the fixtures in the SPFL over the past week. And last weekend, Rangers moved seven points clear at the top of the Premiership thanks to a 1-0 win over Dundee United at Ibrox. James Tavernier got the only goal of the game from the penalty spot. Hearts were 1-0 winners away to Dundee and Motherwell beat bottom club St Johnston 2-0 at Fir Park. Livingston hit back for a 1-0 draw with Ross County at the Tony Macaroni. Our both are the new leaders in the Championship after beating Morton 2-1 at Gayfield, while Inverness Cali Thistle slipped to second place following a 2-1 home defeat to Hamilton Ackies. Kyle Turner scored deep into stoppage time as Partick Thistle beat Wraith Rovers 1-0 at Firhill, while Queen of the South saw off Air United 3-0 at Palmerston. Kilmarnock versus Dunfermline Athletic was abandoned due to fog midway through the second half with a score at 1-0. Kelly announced following the match that they have parted company with manager Tommy Wright. Cove Rangers are five points clear in League One following their 3-0 win over Allo Athletic at the Balmoral Stadium. Second place Montrose drew 1-0 with Queen's Park at Lynx Park and Peterhead were 3-2 winners at Dumbarton. East Fife versus Falkirk and Clyde versus Airdrieonians were abandoned due to fog. Kelty Hearts remain seven points clear in League Two after winning 4-0 at Stranraer, while closest challengers for for Athletic beat Edinburgh City by the same score on Friday. Third place Annan Athletic defeated Stirling Albion 3-2 at Fourth Bank, while Elgin City rallied to draw 2-0 with Stenhouse Muir at Barra Briggs. Bottom club Cowdenbeath drew 0-0 with Albion Rovers at Central Park. Celtic came from behind to beat Hibernian 2-1 in the final of the League Cup at Hamden Park on Sunday afternoon. Hibs took the lead six minutes after half-time when Paul Hanlon scored with a header from a corner that Kayoga Furuhashi equalised almost immediately. The Japanese striker grabbed the winner 18 minutes from time when he beat keeper Matt Macy with a superb lob to give Ange Postacoglu his first trophy as Parkhead boss. Hibs, who had David Gray in caretaker charge, hit the post through Kevin Nisbet in the closing minutes and Joe Hart also made an important save as Celtic held on. It was the Hoops' 20th League Cup triumph overall and their fifth in the past six seasons. There was one result in League Two on Tuesday evening. Elgin City were the winners in a 1-0 away win to Stirling Albion. And the other matches on Wednesday night, St Mudden held Celtic to a 0-0 draw in Paisley. Ross County moved out of the relegation zone with a 2-1 win away to bottom club St Johnston at McDermott Park. Ross Callaghan scored the clincher after Jacob Batterfield had cancelled out Reagan Charles Cook's opening goal. Montrose moved to within two points of League One leaders Cove Rangers thanks to a 2-0 victory over Peter Head at Lynx Park with goals from Andrew Steves and Blair Lyons. Scott Rickey scored a late winner as Edinburgh City moved into the playoff places in League Two with a 2-1 victory away to bottom club Cowdenbeath. Liam Buchanan equalised for the Blue Brazil after John Robertson's opener but Rickey struck with seven minutes left. Scotland, a land of stories whispered on the wind, carried by the waves that crash on the shore, city lights, country roads, misty mornings by the coast, each photograph is a poem, each journey diary of Scotland as we alone have seen it. There is no friend as loyal as a book or a song, and with every friendly face you meet, a new tale to be told, a new wonder to behold, a chance to be bold, to tread lightly and protect this place 
for future stories to come. So gather round and listen in. It's time for this story to begin. 2022 is Scotland's year of stories. Come and discover your own tale of Scotland. Earlier in the week, we find out how Aberdeenay Junior is growing the next generation of supporters. Stephen, just talk us through the relationship we have with Colony Park and how it's developed over yeah, the last years. It's been, it's, the relationship we've had with Colony has been superb over the last five, six years. Luckily, um, we've had it through our partnership with Embry Local Works FC, the Highland League Club here, who's semi-professional. Uh, also the Geary Sports Centre, the local sports centre area, and of course ourselves. And the big massive thing that has been it is growing the game, making coaches better, which in turn is then helping get the players better. The biggest thing we also have been doing is supporting in terms of uh, their new start groups, which we can see in the background here, where we've got young girls, but also we're supporting the boys' age groups. And giving that coach coaching support and mentoring that probably not a lot of them get, which has been fantastic so far. And the biggest, biggest... Uh, point is making sure there's a full player pathway all the way through from five, six years old right through to adult football which we're linking closer with the amateur, junior and uh, high and league club of course in the area so it's been a fantastic partnership. Neil, we as a club we pride ourselves on being at the heart of the local community but we do have to compete with teams in around England and further afield. How important is it that we get out and encourage the next generation of fans? Yeah, it's really important, Cammy. Um, I think obviously the, the teams in England and, and abroad, as you say, they, they've got this kind of constant presence on TV and, and that is very difficult to compete with in, in the modern world. But um, I think we've got something that, that those teams don't have and that we're here, we're in the community, we're able to impact. The Trust obviously do a great job of that already. Um, and the way that Aberdeenay Junior can certainly help with that is, is improving and offering experiences for these kids. Um, you know, the, the, the opportunity to come to games, um, experience it properly and, and experience live football for what it is. Those two free tickets really opens it up to, to kind of all levels of society as well, which is great. Um, I think it's fantastic to, to be able to do that and, and enjoy, enjoy the experience of live football. Um, it will be fantastic, I think. It's, I think football is understated in how, how much of an impact, it's obviously our major sport, but the impact that football can have, not just obviously physically, but mentally can bring so many smiles and so much joy to the kids. It, I'll be honest, it gives the coaches a lot, uh, a lot of joy. I, I found it challenging not being able to step on a football pitch. It's obviously affected the whole of Scotland and obviously all across the world, but getting these kids in, uh, on the pitch again, giving them lots of touch of the ball, scoring goals, having fun, it's a massive benefit. And probably what we'll see then is when we have enjoying football and doing more football activity or, or sport in general, is they're going to be better at home, they're going to be better in the classroom, and that's why I think it's really important the work we also do in schools too. Great. Um, as you say, without the famous saying is, you know, without fans, football is nothing, and, and these guys really are the next generation, so it's fantastic to to have a board and a club that's really behind something like this DNA Junior Initiative where we're able to kind of get behind getting the young fans into the ground, into the stadium and supporting the club because, you know, without them there's not going to be a football club to support in the future so it's great to be able to, to build that support and, and engage with the kids in the community. 
Okay, let's catch up with the week's news then. And Mikey Devlin is set to be handed a contract extension by Aberdeen as he continues his rehabilitation from injury. The 28-year-old hasn't started a game for the Dons since the two-all draw against Kilmarnock last March. Aberdeen handed the centre-back a six-month extension in the summer, but Devlin will be offered a short-term deal until the end of January. Stephen Glass is confident that Devlin will be ready to return to action by the end of next month. And Newcastle are set to recall Matty Longstaff from his loan spell with us. The midfielder has not featured in a game since the end of November. Longstaff is set to return to Newcastle's first team training base, with Eddie Howe and his staff then expected to run the rule over him before deciding his next move. Longstaff could either get the chance to prove himself or be sent back out on loan. At the Aberdeen AGM, it was announced that defender Jack McKenzie signed a contract extension with the Dons that will see him stay with the club until 2025. Jack has made 20 first-team appearances and scored one senior goal, the winner against Livingston, earlier this season. He returned to the first-team squad in the Sir Johnston match after a spell on the sidelines through injury. And goalkeeper Tom Ritchie has also agreed a new deal that will see him stay with the club until 2024. The 18-year-old, who has been capped for Scotland at under-16 and under-17 level, has made a number of appearances on the bench for the first team. And last week, Andy Constantine spoke to Red TV about his road to recovery. He did a quick clip of the interview and you can watch it in full on Red TV. When you think about it, or when I think about it, it's like, well, you have to go through these these tough times to, to come out the other end of it, you know, and uh, I know when I look back at it now, I think, goodness me, those hours will all add up. I want to get back out in the park and whatnot, it's, it's all going to be worth it. Look, he's got the Christmas jumper on. Let's see your jingle bell. Brace yourselves, it's party time. <laughs> <laughs> I borrowed it from Pam St. Clement. I wish it could be Christmas every day. Why? Brace yourselves. Is it Christmas or something? Merry Christmas. Have a laugh this Christmas with BBC Two and iPlayer. Scottish Premiership clubs have voted to bring the winter break forward in response to the latest government COVID restrictions. The break will now begin following the Boxing Day fixtures, which means our match against Dundee will be played in front of 500 supporters on Sunday. The club ran a ballot for season ticket holders to choose the lucky few that will be in attendance on Boxing Day. The SPFL board made the final decision after clubs were given three options to choose from. Pause as planned on the 4th of January, begin the break on Monday or before Sunday's games. The lower tiers do not have a scheduled winter break and have opted to play on. The early top flight shutdown means the postponement of two full fixture cards, including our home fixture against Rangers and an away match against Ross County. Our rearranged match with Rangers at home will now be played on Tuesday the 18th of January and our away match with Ross County will now take place on Tuesday the 1st of February. Both matches will kick off at 7.45pm. Meanwhile, Don's chairman has urged the Scottish Government to allow capacity crowds on Boxing Day before the early break. Funzo Ojo has been charged in connection with an alleged assault on a supporter following our 1-0 defeat at Dundee United last month. The alleged incident involves a corporate hospitality guest who gained access to a restricted area of the stadium after our match on November the 20th. 
Aberdeen have pledged their full support to the 30-year-old Belgian. The Don statement read the club is aware of the latest developments regarding an incident involving our player Funzo Ojo and a corporate hospitality guest who gained unauthorised access to what is designated as a secure and restricted area of Tannadice Park after their match against Dundee United on Saturday, November the 20th. Frustratingly, we're not able to provide any further detail on the incident as this is now a matter for the Procurator Fiscal. The club is, however, offering its full support to Funzo, who has fallen victim to circumstances not of his making. At the AGM, Aberdeen chairman Dave Cormack says he plans to limit the capacity of our new stadium to between 16,000 and 17,000 fans, with him claiming it could save the club £16 million. The Dons are determined to leave Batodri, but now say the earliest a new ground will be delivered will be the 2025-26 season. And Cormack claims 30% of season ticket holders do not turn up each week, convincing them to lower the capacity. Aberdeen have planning permission to build a new stadium next to our training ground at Kingsford, which is six miles away from the city centre. However, Aberdeen City Council recently proposed plans to include the club in a joint facility next to the Beach Ballroom, which is less than a thousand yards from Pataudry. An Aberdeen Council committee recommended last month that the club would have to find the stadium ourselves, but Cormac says that does not make building at the beach less appealing. And finally, Essen and Aberdeen are helping to spread some festive cheer by providing season tickets to the Community Trust, the Changing Room Project participants, to access all remaining matches at Pataudry this season. The Changing Room programme educates men aged 30 to 64 on positive mental well-being, whilst also giving them access to a strong support network. The course uses football, along with a variety of other activities, to explore areas that may challenge them, such as how they view themselves, think and feel. Our match against Dundee is coming up on Boxing Day at Pataudry. Kickoff is at 3pm. As it stands, if you have not been successful in the ballot, you'll need to sit back and watch it on the telly. You'll be able to watch the match live on Red TV as part of your season ticket on pay-per-view. And if you're a Red TV international subscriber, it's part of your subscription. Coverage starts with Rob McLean at 2.30pm. As I mentioned earlier, our matches against Rangers and Ross County will now take place on the 18th of January and the 1st of February, respectively. Before I go, later this evening as our Christmas treat to you, you can catch up with all the Don's Premiership goals this season so far on our social media and website. I'll be back on Tuesday the 28th of December with a quick catch-up following the Dundee match. And you can follow all the latest on our social media and we'll have live scores and match stats on the Inverness Reds website. All that leaves me to do is wish you a very merry and safe Christmas. Enjoy your day tomorrow and see you back here on Tuesday. Merry Christmas. Every Tuesday from 8pm, on your phone, on your tablet, and online. This is the AFC Donscast.
Yeah. 